Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito time in the history of this podcast i don't think we really need to do an exciting introduction the hype is in the air it is the first pre-game show where we're talking about Tua Tagovailoa as the starting quarterback of the miami dolphins thanks for joining us here on finsider radio and before i introduce josh house my co-host i just want to remind you guys to please 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 hit that subscribe button if you're enjoying what you're listening to leave some sort of review and leave if you leave a comment what you can do with that stuff is actually turn that into a free solomon kinley jersey simple way to do that is Smash that subscribe button, leave a review, send that to either Josh or myself on Twitter. You can find Josh at, at Houts or me at jmendel94. And we're compiling a list of people who are entering to win our contest of a Salmon Kinley jersey. I'm just so excited about it, I can't even finish the sentence. Seems simple enough. Thank you guys for listening. And without further ado, Josh, this is what we've been waiting for. When the Dolphins stripped this team back in 2018, it was with the mindset of what we're doing tomorrow. Well, yeah, tomorrow. I wish it was tomorrow, what we're doing on Sunday. And that's, you know, having a hopefully a franchise quarterback start the pursuit to the playoffs. So, first of all, how you feeling? And, and you know, that excitement certainly got to be there. Yeah, man. I mean, this is what we've been waiting for. And when the Dolphins were, you know, when we were all sitting there wondering which quarterback we were going to take, when we heard about the tank for Tua, when we were all sitting here just waiting, wondering what was going to happen. I mean, it felt like Christmas Day. I, I wrote this, uh, I believe, in an article that I either put out or I'm planning on putting out. You know, it felt like Christmas morning leading up to, you know, just trying to find out if Tua was even going to leave school, and then he decided to do that. Then, you know, he was battling through, couldn't have the pro day. Felt like Christmas morning going up to the draft and even up to that Dolphins pick. You know, people were saying the Dolphins might take a tackle. They might take Jordan Love. They might do this or that. They took Tua. We didn't know when he was going to start. Yeah, we we didn't know when he was going to start. I mean, this is – we're coming off a week seven bye-bye that we didn't even know we were going to have. Dolphins are three and threes, taking over a team that's essentially, you know, neutral – I'm excited, and we all should be excited. This is a huge moment in Miami Dolphins history, and you know, Twitter hasn't been around the 20 years, you know, since Marino rode off into the sunset. But we, some of us, have been fans for 20 years and longer, if and you know, longer. this, the, yeah, if not longer. And this is something that you've just been waiting for. Ryan Tannehill's awesome. You wish he would have had a better, you know, career here with the Dolphins in those seven seasons. But you know, he was a pretty damn good quarterback here. He's playing at an elite level now. But it is Tua Tagovailoa time, and I'm ready to run through a wall. 
Josh, uh, in your Twitter account, Left Arm of God, you did share a lot of those old reactions, I think. When you were reposting those videos, I mean, what was the excitement you were thinking about not only reflecting on that night, but just looking ahead to this weekend? Because, I mean, uh, Rob Prophet, a buddy of ours, and I feel like this is the second time, sh- uh, second time recently I've brought him up, but, I mean, he quote-tweeted uh, your reaction and said, man, this guy should have a Tua Tagovailoa fan account. So I thought that was pretty funny. But, I mean, just the reaction and everyone being excited about the same thing is just such a cool feeling. And, and I think that's why we're jacked up uh, usually about sports in general. But, I mean, for, for this, this is the start of something special. I mean, at least we hope. Yeah, and, you know, for the first time, it was all the Dolphin fans just kind of came together. And, yes, there are some people out there that are still skeptical, you know, still – have their doubts about to and and you know whatever it's, it's each their own but for the most part this fan base came together everyone's rallying behind Tua you know and he's just a likable guy he's a guy that you know is, puts family first says all the right things he's he's everything that you want in a quarterback and it's you know he's left-handed that that's awesome too I'm excited to see what he can do in Changeli's offense you know you keep hearing these things about the RPO bringing that to Miami it's going to be exciting times and you know with Ryan Fitzpatrick they're averaging 26.8 points per game so you know, to think Tua can come in here and, and even take this offense to another level, I mean, that's exciting. And you just want to know who's going to step up. Is it going to be Preston Williams? Is Devontae Parker going to continue to be that number one guy? Is Mike Jasicki going to get more more targets? Uh, Isaiah Ford, you know, is Lynn Bowden going to come out of nowhere? Malcolm Adam Perry. Shaheen just got a new contract. Adam Shaheen just got a new Adam, uh, contract. And we've been asking for Matt Breida to do something to get more touches, you know, since the beginning of time. So, there's a lot of guys out here, this offense, you know, we all saw the the next-gen stat, the widest offense in the NFL. Um, you know, they're going to have a true test this weekend against the Rams, but it, it was awesome to see those everyone's reactions and, you know, to see different families and just everyone, again, just coming together and, and being excited. And to just know, like, I mean, at the beginning of the year, I sat there and I think I predicted it, it might be Tua versus Burrow, and that that's even later in the season. You know, we're getting it right now. We're getting in week seven, and again, this team's playing good football we don't even talk about the defense, and they get overlooked, and that is that is the truly, you know, the part of this this Dolphins team that should get everyone excited because when they're healthy, that's a pretty damn good unit. Yeah, and before we get into Sunday's game, let's hit up uh, a couple news items quick. I just mentioned that Adam Shaheen signed a new contract with the Miami Dolphins, which is is nice to see for once that another team can't or mismanages a high draft pick. Shaheen was a, a 2017 second round pick, I believe. Uh, he was cut by the Bears, and he's come here and he's kind of done everything right i think he's complements the team pretty well i i think it's safe to say i don't think he uh is taking snaps away from mike jacecki i think what we saw early in the season was i think chan gailey even came out and said people know what jacecki's capable of people know he can be a team's leading receiver on a given day so having someone like shaheen there is certainly helps just give more opportunities to spread the ball out so that is exciting to see in that sense that the Dolphins, I mean, depth. When we look at this team in general, it's, it's exciting to kind of look at the top tiers of the Xavier Howard having four interceptions to leave the league. The offense averaging 26 points a game. Uh, Devontae Parker balling. But but generally speaking, this team has a lot of depth from top to bottom. And that's, that's the difference maker from years past. I mean, it's not just the new culture and the Brian Flores system. I mean, years past it was, you know, we lose a Brandon Elbert and, and the season is over. I remember him kind of going and doing a, an interview during, uh, I don't know, ESPN was on in, in the room or something like that. And I just remember someone wrote about how he looked up the screen looked at the screen, saw them like bashing the Dolphins, and he just like looked down in disappointment or something along those lines. So the depth there is just truly, truly something that the Dolphins have lacked. And, you know, you think about this year, Austin Jackson, he had to go down for a couple games, but the offensive line really hasn't missed a beat. Obviously, they have to keep continuing getting better. I mean, everybody in the NFL has to continue to keep being better. But for the sake of having three rookies uh, starting at one point or another in the offensive line, you have to love the way they're looking. And I know I'm going on a little tangent here, but Josh, can, can you kind of talk to me about this? I mean, some, uh, I think it was, let me see here. Uh, uh, Matt Hasselbeck was talking about how there's going to be a locker room mutiny if if Tua doesn't perform well, especially after Fitzpatrick averaging those 26.2 uh, points per game with the offense. But, I mean, it's the takes that come out about the Dolphins are just so weird, whether it's about the tanking or, or now a mutiny. I mean, how often do you hear about a, a full-blown mutiny in a locker room? It's a little, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah, and I think we all remember a year ago we heard about this. I think it was Adam Beasley reported that there could be a mutiny, you know, because the Dolphins were tanking for two at the time. So uh, there's no mutiny. I think on the last show we even kind of talked about some of the quotes and just these players. They're fully supportive of this decision. You know, they're all excited for Tua. But I do have to 
joke about Adam Shaheen because I'm looking at his stats and I'm looking at his career stats and okay, he has 31 receptions, 307 yards and six touchdowns with Chicago. And then this year he only has five receptions on seven targets for 58 yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, after, after the, putting up that stat line, he got this new contract. I think that says more about what he does in other aspects, you know, as far as being a blocker, you know, being that number, that number two tight end when he has to fill in in, in necessary spots. So, uh, good for him. Good for him to get paid. And like you said, it's nice to see the Dolphins take a chance on a guy. They think they have a conditional seventh round draft pick. Maybe that turns into a sixth, but you still, you got a tight end two, oh, no. <laughs> tight end three. Yeah. You know, to pair with Durham Smythe and Mike Jasicki for the future. So that's awesome. You mentioned the offensive line. I think we'll talk about that as we, you know, get further on in this podcast because they're going to have their hands full this week. And, you know, everyone talks about Aaron Donald. That defense as a whole is is going to be tough, a tough, tough task for this lineup. And when they have a rookie quarterback out there, when you got Tua Tonvaloa, you know, we mentioned, uh, you know, you hear the players say about some of the things that Ryan Fitzpatrick does pre-snap, whether it's to help some of the rookies get lined up or even the offensive line, you know, whether it's to help the receiver or the running backs here and there. Tua, I'm sure he's going to be that leader and he's going to be able to do that, but, you know, not to the same extent. And no one should expect him to be able to do it to the same extent as a 17-year vet who has, you know, already played in this offense. But uh, it's going to be interesting. And I think what's exciting to me is this team had a whole week to prepare. And, Certainly. yes, yes, the Rams, they're a pretty damn good team. They're 5-2 and two right now. I think it's crazy. They're five and two, and I think they're third in their division. That's how good that division is. But you know, uh, they're a good unit on both sides. And the Dolphins had had two weeks to prepare, and something's going to give. And then too, it was recently uh, released the Thursday injury report. It's a little strange. We haven't had to worry about this for a week. A lot of full practices for the Dolphins after uh, a couple of bumpy weeks. I think the. In, in the grand scheme of things, the uh, bye week kind of came at the right time as well, the team was dealing with a lot of nagging injuries. Uh, what we have here is we had a couple limited participants on uh, Thursday, including Bobby McCain for an ankle, Devontae Parker for a groin, Jamal Perry for a foot who did not practice on Wednesday, Adam Shaheen limited practice with a shoulder, uh, Andrew Van Ginkle, I think the uh, dash just means he's not on the injury report anymore. He was a full practice Wednesday. Uh, Kyle Van Noy, a foot injury is what's bothering him, so it's good to see it's not the, the wrist injury or the hand injury he was dealing with. And then Lynn Bowden Jr. and Jakeem Grant both missed Thursday's practice. Uh, Lynn Bowden, it's cited as not injury-related, and Jakeem Grant was an illness, so hopefully yeah, yeah, they shout out to, to Shout-out to Lynn Bowden. He had a, a little daughter, so congratulations. Oh, awesome. And uh, I, I said the the Rams was the four o'clock. It's actually the Chargers game that I was thinking of, and I don't even know if we should bring that up. But I believe uh, it was a Chargers player, correct? That um, may have tested positive for COVID, so they're not quite sure what's going to happen with that football game. So we'll keep an eye on that as things develop. So you certainly can only control the things that um well you can control. Uh, for the Rams, it's just Tyler Higby was a limited participant. Everyone else was a full go on Thursday so I mean Josh every both teams are coming in pretty healthy and I do want to get to the game but I think it's worth noting that uh, Jason Sanders AFC special teams player of the month I mean I think we all grew to love him after last season where uh, he caught a touchdown pass from Matt Hawk which was the probably the coolest thing that I think a lot of us will see from uh, a punter and a kicker but he was 11-11 on field goals and that certainly uh, throughout the month of October that I that was uh, I'm going to cut that. Uh, Jason Sanders was 11 of 11 on field goals throughout the month of October. Certainly he had some help kicking five field goals against both Seattle and San Francisco. He made a 50 yard against San Francisco, seven on seven for extra points. And I mean, uh, these awards really don't mean too, too much, but it's always nice when it's your guy and Jason Sanders certainly deserves it for going 18 for 18 on the month. And for as much as we'd love to see the Dolphins get into the end zone, uh, it's nice knowing that when the second Sanders walks out on the field, it's a guaranteed three points. That's just a good feeling to have. He's just been a lockdown guy, and I think the special teams of the Miami Dolphins has been consistent as well. We don't talk about the defense enough, and if we don't talk about the defense enough, I don't know what that means about the special teams because this unit has been just clean. I think that's the best way you can look at it, and I think that's the only compliment you can really have for a special team. Yeah, for sure, and I made sure to uh, check the waiver wires and see if Jason Sanders was available because – I think right now he's like the number two kicker in fantasy, yes, and yeah. why not? Why not just have Jason Sanders on your team? Uh, Matt Hawk, I mean, he's been awesome as a punter. And then you look on the other side. I didn't know anybody that watched that Monday night game. They they realized how good John Hecker is. 
for, for the Rams. So there's a juggernaut battle in special teams here, and you know Kai <laughs> Forbass, their kicker. So this is going to be an underrated game. I, I do think this is going to come down to a defensive uh, matchup more than you know offensive, but we'll talk about that later. But I do I do like this matchup with these special teams guys, and and like you said, Jason Sanders been money. We talked about it a few weeks ago. He said he approaches every kick like, you know, it's the exact same thing. So whether it's a 53-yarder or that 20-yarder gimme, you know, he's, he's approaching it pre-snapping in his head and going out there, and he's becoming automatic, and it's awesome to see. Certainly, certainly. You know what? I think that wraps up all the news we have in Dolphinville, so let's get, take a quick break on the other side. It's game week, baby. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Damian Heward, Jay Fiedler, Ray Lucas, Brian Greasy, A.J. Feely, Sage Rosenfels, Gus Frott, Dante Culpepper, Joey Harrington, Cleo Lemon, Trent Green, John Beck, Chad Pennington, Chad Henney, Tyler Thigpen, Matt Moore, Ryan Tannehill, Jay Cutler, Brock Osweiler, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Josh Rosen. <sighs> My God, I with, with Halloween just a couple days away, I feel like you just laid a curse on me or something. I'm, I'm uncomfortable now hearing that, but obviously Yeah, that's don't turn cool. around. They're all going to be surrounding you, <laughs> and that is don't terrifying. Don't say that in here. No, I'd do say not. don't say it three times, but I, I don't know if anyone could possibly list all those names three times in a row without giving themselves a heart attack. But Josh, I think before we even talk about this game, I think we have to have a legitimate talk about expectations uh, because, you know, we saw it with Christian Wilkins. We've seen it with Devontae Parker. Uh, we've seen it, I guess, with every first round pick the Miami Dolphins had. And that is, you know, people would love to see guys step on the field and be that instant, uh, maybe in the conversation for rookie of the year or something, someone who just comes in and is a stud. And obviously it doesn't always work like that and and dolphin fans have had reasons to be concerned i mean we've had a lot of first round busts over the years i mean charles harris the most recent one in 2017 uh minka fitzpatrick i guess for the sake of uh you know if we don't want to look too detailed into it you draft minka fitzpatrick to be the safety for the next four years that's not what happened so i guess you could kind of call that a bust but we need to kind of set our sights on the expectations for the Miami Dolphins with Tua under center. And I think, you know, they're three and three. I want the playoffs as the next person. I'm going to preach the never settle, blah, 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 blah. That's why they put Tua in because they're not settling with Fitzpatrick. But I mean, I think going 500 the rest of the way with Tua should be deemed a success. I'm not saying that in the sense that's what I want to happen. Obviously, I'd like to do them more. But I mean, Justin Herbert's not going to the playoffs. Joe Burrow's not going to the playoffs. And you could make the argument of, hey, the Dolphins have a better team than both of them. And that's a good thing. That's awesome to hear. But it still doesn't mean they're going to make the playoffs. So this is going to be like going to the carnival and one of those pendulum rides that just throw you to one side of the park and then back to the other side of the park. Because on a given basis, a rookie's going to struggle at times. It's just the way it is. You know, there are going to be games where two is going to look awesome. There are going to be drives where he looks awesome, but there are going to still be those errors. So my call to everyone out there is to please, please, please don't kind of hold on to every throw or hold on to every game because this is still a learning experience for this entire team, despite, you know, trying to push for the playoffs. And eight and eight, I mean, that's just Miami Dolphins football, really. So, I mean, two will, will, will fit right in. And, I mean, they're playing a good Rams team and – for, you know, they had the whole bye week. They're implementing different pieces to this offense. You want to see them go out and exceed, you know, the 26.8 points per game that they've been putting up. But this is a very good Rams team. So he's going to have his warts. That's going to go all season long, like you mentioned. I do want to throw out these uh, these prop bets over Bovado, and I want to uh, get your opinion on them. Uh, you just say over or under, okay? Interceptions in a season, nine. Under. Okay, and then here they got his passing touchdowns, 13 and a half, over or under? Oh, that's that's going to be real close, passing touchdowns. Uh, yeah, I, 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 went hope, o- I went over, but I, I'm just a homer. I'd go over to the interceptions. I, I kind of – I want you know, I'm going to go over with both. I, I don't think both of those are going to be right, but I I think one of bet. them is going to be, but I hope it's not the interceptions. Okay, I hate okay. to see him go 10 and 10, but 
Okay, and th- then they got inter- uh, they got passing yards, two thousand three hundred and eighty passing yards, over or under. Two thousand eight hundred, you said. Two thousand three hundred eighty. I'm gonna go over on that. He had the the largest yards per attempt in in college football history. I think that one you gotta go over. For sure, and then he has starts here. It's over or under eight and a half. Ten games starts nine of them. That's that's risky, but I mean, and Brian Flores, what he did last year, I mean, he said Josh Rosen would be the starter for the rest of the season and then pulled him two games later. Obviously, Tua's completely different. It's the guy you drafted compared to, you know, uh, just taking a used car for a spin. I don't want that to come out sounding worse than the metaphor was supposed to be. But, but God, oh, man, I'm going to go over. I, I think he's the starter the rest of the season. Yeah. I, th- I think that just is kind of hinting at injuries. And, and again, I don't want to call someone injury uh, plagued in their first year of the NFL. It's just not how it works. Yeah, and the way I see it, they have 10 games left to play. They're probably going to get a first-round bye. They'll probably play a playoff game. So, yeah, if I, I think – so yeah, so I think for sure it'll be that over. And then um, this weekend, combined passing and rushing yards, week eight against the Rams, two hundred fifty. I mean, I feel like you have to smash the over there, right? Two hundred fifty yards. I had him throwing for two forty-seven. You're telling me he's not going to rush for another three? Yeah, you know what? I'm on board with that. Yeah, let's go. Let's go the over. Damn. I think two. We're just going. Are we just going over on all of them? Yo, I think we, we should. I- we should place this bet. We're just going over on all of them. I think we should. I mean, you look at the Dolphins' offense, and there is talent on on that field. I mean, it's like, yes, there's a rookie quarterback, and yes, there's going to be issues. But, I mean, they're not going to play scared with them. They don't have, you know, a workhorse running back they can give it to for, you know, 40, 30 snaps a game or something like that. Oh, they that. got Miles I mean, Gaskin. They're going to give him those carries. <laughs> they are, and they have. But, but yeah, I think I'd go over on all those. I think those, those are interesting because that's the thing about these uh, uh, book bookies. I mean, they got this down to a science where they do slice it right down the middle. Um, transitioning, Josh, we mentioned the Rams are 5-2, and two, but I'm going to be a yeah book guy. I'm a homer. I'm going to go completely spin zone on you. Josh, coming into this week, did you know who the Rams, their five wins came against? Uh, No. No idea. They swept the (laughs) NFC East and beat the Bears. Those are their five wins. Is is, that that, for real? That is their five wins. They beat Washington. They beat the Giants. They beat the Cowboys. Who am I missing in that division? Eagles. The Eagles. They beat the Eagles. Washington football team. And they beat the Bears. They beat the Bears on Monday night last week. So the Dolphins are coming off a bye. The Rams are 2-2 on the road. Got to travel all the way across the country. Short week. Short week. Short week. See, I'm getting the spin zone going because I can tell you right now, yes, I'm not trying to say the Rams are being are, are a bad uh, team, but this is a, a prove-it game for them. I don't think they've had a win. I, I'm going to say the Bears, they're 5-3 and three right now. I certainly want to say that the Miami Dolphins are a better team than the Chicago Bears. I don't care what the records say. Uh, so knowing these things, let, let's get into it. Josh, I don't want this to get too numbery, but I did want to share some. Uh, that the Rams are, the, starting with the defensive side of the ball, the Rams are third in the league with sacks, 24. Uh, middle of the pack, inter- interceptions with six. And the Dolphins are kind of middle of the pack of both with 17 sacks and seven interceptions. Of course, four of those belong to Xavier Howard, who's tied with uh Kendall Fuller for the league high. Uh, he's he's not getting much. traded. He's not getting traded. He is not getting tra- Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, the Rams allow uh, about 100, actually really close to 100 yards per game on the ground. Uh, seventh best mark in the league. The Dolphins are at 19th, allowing 124 rushing yards per game. Uh, and then the Rams allow just 100 or 212 yards per game through the air, the fifth best mark. And the Dolphins, again, middle of the pack, 236. Uh, so what you see here is the Rams are a, an above-average team. I wouldn't say they're stellar on the defensive side of the ball, but but they're certainly in the, in a top tier. But again, you're facing the Rams. Or you're facing Washington. You're facing the Cowboys. You're facing all these teams that isn't the toughest comp- competition. It is what it is. I said it. Uh, on offense, the Rams' offense puts up roughly 400 yards a game, 250 through the air, and 150 on the ground. The Dolphins are actually really close to that. They're actually pretty close with the 250 yards through the air, just 50 less yards on the ground, averaging about 100. And then the Rams just allow one sack per game, the second-best mark, and the Dolphins allow 1.7 sacks per game, the 11th-best mark. This really comes down to uh, 
The Rams love to get the ball out fast. They are a two-step, gun it, call it a day type of offense. Thank you. Uh, see you later type of team where they're just going to try to beat you after the catch. Josh, did any of those numbers really stand out? What stands out most to me is, you know, you look at the Dolphins, they're 3-3. Three and three. You look at the Rams, you mentioned the teams that they beat. They're 5-2. and two. A, a lot of people are picking the Rams. I forget who tweeted it out, but there was a picture of, you know, how, how people on ESPN, they go through and they make each pick, and, and there it was. It was a full sweep for the, the Los Angeles Rams. I think people are sleeping on the Dolphins, but I think what is most uh, – you know, interesting is how these two teams match up. And like you said, they're doing things very similar to one another. They both play very good defense. You know, they're both getting to the quarterback. They both have secondaries that are, are pretty shut down. And then offensively, they try to establish the run. You mentioned the Dolphins were those 50 yards, you know, a little bit short. But are, I think they might rely on the run a little bit more now with two in the lineup. You know, those RPOs, I, I think they're going to use his legs more as, you know, hopefully as a decoy at first. I'd love to see him take off and run. We talked about that in previous podcasts, but you got to protect him. And he, he's got to learn to slide. He's got to be much better at that. And he's got to be better at throwing the football away. But I think what he's going to do, just, you know, putting that in that defensive end's you know, mindset, okay, two is going to keep that ball and run. You know, just putting that in his mind could open up that split second for a hole to open up and, you know, the magic could happen. I think they're going to come out and they're going to try to establish the run because, you know, a, a rookie quarterback's best friend is that run game. It's those those tight ends and those security blankets. I mean, I, I'm, I'm interested to see the way everything just plays out. But, um, it's certainly I a game think of chess. It, it is, and it's I think what's going to be most interesting is the offensive line play between um, – the, the Miami Dolphins, those younger guys, you know, Eric Flowers is a veteran, Ted Cross is a veteran, but you look across from them, I mean, they got Aaron Donald, and he is hands down the best defensive player in football. Um, I, the Dolphins came out, Brian Flores basically said, you know, we need to recognize where he is, but it's not five on one. So, you know, they mm -hmm. got Leonard Floyd. You, you, you just look throughout Michael Brockers, um, Mika Kaiser, Kenny Young. I can You can go down the list here. Their secondary is awesome with Jalen Ramsey. Um, John Johnson, the safety, and, and Taylor Rapp. It, it's a matchup on both sides, and I think it's going to be interesting the way Solomon Kinley and the way Robert Hunt rise to this occasion because, it, it, to my uh, knowledge, Austin Jackson is not ready to go. It, it's Jesse Davis will be on the left side, Eric Flowers, Ted Carras. So you got the veterans on the left side, but that right side to his blind side, you know, it's Solomon Kinley and Robert Hunt, and they're going to move Aaron Donald around that, that front to take advantage of whatever that weakness is. And it's going to be, like you said, a chess battle. But that, I think, is where this game is going to be won and lost. And two was ready to get hit. He, you, he, he did a presser earlier. You know, he kind of said, I, I know I'm going to get hit. I can't really brace myself for it, but I know I'm going out there playing football. It's part of the game. It's going to happen. But I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited and I'm nervous. And I'm just – it's going to be fun because that's football. Football is won and lost in the trenches. And that's where this game is going to be won and lost on both sides. Yeah, and with that, let's just jump into our three keys of the game. Uh, number one here, I have I've won the turnover battle. Obviously, that's a little simple one. Uh, call it a cop-out if you'd like, but the Rams have an even zero turnover ratio, and it's important to keep in mind they've played one more game than the Dolphins at this point. Uh, the Rams are going to have their bye, and the Dolphins are a plus two. So that's always nice to see. And you mentioned all those guys on the Rams' defense, and I wanted to say this was an all-star uh, uh, versus team battle in a sense where you have Jalen Ramsey a stud you have Aaron Donald a stud versus the the consistency I don't think the Dolphins have anyone you'd call a super stud but what they do is they have a team that plays well together they have a team that makes it work they have a team that can do a lot of different things and beat you in a lot of different ways so instead I, I want to call it more of just like a big play defense of the Rams compared to just the consistency of the Miami Dolphins and in terms of the consistency on that uh, unit I think Ryan Fitzpatrick was the most inconsistent one in terms of just trying to get out there and, and score touchdowns so what I see is that a Dolphins offense that just needs to play a clean football game again every team every week wants to come out and play clean football but that's just simply what it has to be you have a rookie quarterback I mean uh, I obviously don't think no one's going to really dump interceptions or anything like that but what the Dolphins need to do is just kind of play clean and we need Xavier Howard and Brian Jones Byron Jones did not say Maxwell to force the Rams to get the ball going on the ground we can't let Bob Woods and Cooper Cup really just eat all game we need to slow this game down for the sake of both sides of the ball, I think that will only help the Dolphins' offense as it tries to find itself under Tua Tagovailoa. But Tua being a rookie, 
will have some mistakes, and it simply comes down to how costly they're going to be. I think while we, I have three keys to the game here, I think that's going to be the most important one. Tua could have two interceptions, but hey, they could be around the middle of the field, and the defense comes and kind of cleans it up for them. I mean, the Dolphins could have had the worst quarterback performance of all time against the Jets and still would have won because, I mean, they didn't give up a single point. I don't think they're going to do that again, especially in today's NFL, but I mean, that defense is really going to have to bail out Tua at times, and, and I think they're certainly up for that challenge. The thing to me is those two interceptions that Tua throws, that would be no different than Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think that's kind of what the Dolphins see here at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, Tua's going to go out there. He's going to make some throws that Ryan Fitzpatrick sim- or Ryan Fitzpatrick simply could not make. You know, he's going to go out there and, okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick has a better understanding of just the offense and, and just the NFL game because he's been around 17 years. But what Tua does, you know, behind center, once that football is in his hand, he's going to elevate everyone around him. And it's exciting times, but you're right. The Dolphins' defense is absolutely going to have to step up. And you mentioned Cooper Cup. You mentioned Robert Woods. Those are two very good wide receivers. It's going to be Xavier Howard, Byron Jones. It's going to be time for them to step up and show the world, you know, they are that tandem. And we've seen it so far. We've seen Xavier Howard. There's a reason he's, you know, tied for the league lead with four interceptions. You know, who's to say most of that isn't because, you know, yes, he's making plays on the football, but they look to the other side and they see Byron Jones locking his guy down. They're going to Xavier Howard, you know, and then you got the guys on the back end. And again, Bobby McCain playing out of his mind, hat tip to him. Um, the Miami Dolphins, I believe it was Wingfield probably wrote an article about Bobby McCain and just the leader and being that quarterback on the field. And then you got Eric Rowe next to him. I mean, just a it, tough dude. Just it, it's, it's a battle. And I think the way I would see it, and you, you mentioned this and you got to win the turnover battle, but you also have here avoid the negative plays. And with a rookie quarterback, I mean, you can't dig yourself in a hole. But at the same time, you got to go out there and you got to at least take those chances. Because again, with Ryan Fitzpatrick in the lineup, he was making stupid, stupid errant throws at times. And yes, the Dolphins were out to a lead. So that's why they kind of got overlooked. But Tua's going to go out there and he's going to take chances, but he's going to take, you know, calculated chances. And uh, I'm excited to see what he does with the football in his hand. That is a very good defense. And again, temper your expectations. If he goes out there and throws two interceptions and three touchdowns, so be it. That's exactly what Ryan Fitzpatrick did last week against the New York Jets. I mean, he's going to have his ups and downs. He's still a rookie, but, um, you know, this is a a very good football team across from him, and it's going to be time for him to go out there and and show the world. And I I think Rob Prophet, again, we keep – giving him a shout out, but he mentioned he he might not go out there and he might not win the football game and he might not make, you know, have the the nice stat line, but you're going to at least see glimpses and you're going to see, you know, those, those plays that just make you go, damn, this guy's special. And it's been a long time since Dolphin fans could look at their quarterback and say, damn, this guy's special. Yeah, and I think the hope is, uh, if I want to make a comparison here, uh, the difference between Tua and Fitzpatrick, it's just how they get things done. I mean, I'm going to say it this way. Let's say Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing Madden where all you do is press uh, the colored Skittles, as I like to call them, and that being the the A button, the B button, the X button, the Y button. If you have a PlayStation. Yeah, here yeah, we go. Yeah, blah, let's hear blah, it. Okay. okay, go on. <laughs> yeah, talking about the PlayStation. But... Uh, well, X square triangle and circle. circle, 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 circle. Yes. How could I forget the circle button? So basically, let's say Ryan Fitzpatrick is just using those four buttons. You throw it to a wide receiver. That's it. But what we're hoping to see from uh, to a even if there are the interceptions, which we're certainly expecting at this point, is him using the pump fakes, is him manipulating safeties with his eyes. Some things we actually did see in the two plays he, he in the two passes he threw last week. Those are the type of things that we want to see. Those are the flashes that I think Rob Prophet was hitting hinting at. And overall, Josh, the third key here is simply score touchdowns. Uh, there are a lot of coaches in this league who will kind of kick field goals just to kind of even or make the score a little closer. So, you know, we didn't get blown out by 21. We lost by 18 instead. Just kind of little things like that. What the Dolphins need to do is just take those shots at the end zone. Go for it on fourth down, even if you're up, whatever. If you're up seven points and you can kind of put a dagger in by scoring another seven, I mean, yes, this isn't the Rams team that went to the Super Bowl, but this is still a damn good team. I mean, Brian Flores knows that, and it's kind of exciting to see him go up against this defense again because you get to see what is different about that this offense excuse me you get to see what happens with him in charge and and that's kind of exciting in its own part but offensively this team needs to score touchdowns when they went on that run what winning five of the last nine games last season there were the trick plays there was just things that were 
coming out of nowhere, those jabs you weren't expecting that really opened up the team on both sides of the ball. It kept them energized, and it kept everyone on the field jazzed up. I think the Dolphins are going to need to do this. And with a rookie quarterback out on the field, I do not want to see five field goals. Jason Sanders, I love you, and it's so much fun having you, and it is great that you never miss a kick. But, man, the Rams are a really good offense. I think this team needs to be scoring touchdowns, whether it's a pick six, whether it's a Matt Hawk or Matt Hack to Jason Sanders pass. These dudes need to find the end zone, and I think that is one of the, you know, behind the turnover battle. I think that's the biggest key. If you go two for four on fourth downs, but it results in two touchdowns, I think Tua's going to remember that, and it's going to give them so much more confidence than kicking four field goals. I just think that's where the team needs to be at this point. It needs to be learning from mistakes and putting yourself into a position to win whether you get there or not. I mean, that's going to come. It starts with the attitude. It starts with the mentality, and the results they they stem from that yeah good football teams you know they take those risks they do things out of the box and they they go for two-point conversions you know in those times when you won't expect it they go they go for fakes you know they bring out the limbald and wildcat at times so i think it's going to be fun to see and i think you're right they got to go out there and i think brian flores this is his quarterback you know this is his team this is what he kind of Year one, yes, Brian Flores came to town. He kind of started to rebuild things. But the guys he brought in this year, and it's only year two, but this is his football team. You know, you can just feel it. Things just seem different. And that trickles trickles over into into the offense, even though he isn't that offensive guy. He, he's visiting with Tua. We mentioned in the last podcast that they, they watch film every week. He's showing him the nuances. He's telling him what to see in the defenses. I'm excited to see the way the Dolphins go out there, but they ex- absolutely have to execute. But they got to take those risks. They got to take chances because they're three and three right now. They're they're playing with house money. 2020 was always going to be that year leading up to 2021. Two is in there now. If two goes out there and plays very good football or plays winning football, you expect that defense to do its thing. You expect this team to do, you know, to to have some success and. It's nice to see it all come together, and I'm ready for it. I'm ready to see the way um, this offense looks behind Tua, and I ha- you have to tip your hat to Chan Gailey because we're sitting here and saying the offense needs to do a little bit more. We want to see more, but it's better than last year. You know, We're Fair seeing man. the creativity. We're seeing different things out of Chan Gailey, and I forget who it was. I believe it was Joe Schott wrote an article. This was all the way dating back to the draft, and it was just kind of what the offense would look like with Tua and Chan Gailey, and it was all about the RPOs and – uh, I believe it was Chris Greer said Chan Gailey was kind of the first guy to kind of bring the RPOs and that type of football to the NFL. I mean, two is the perfect quarterback to to be the man, to, to, to be the leader in an offense that, you know, specializes in those RPOs, specializes in those quick rhythm passes that fits his skill set so well. We're going to see it all come together, and it's going to happen against, again, a very good defense. Something's got to give. Two, two is going to show the world what he is, and I, I just don't know the Dolphin fans. I mean, for everything that this year has been, you know, for as crappy as it's been, we're getting to see Tua. You know, it's there's some joy and, and fans need to be hyped up because this is a, a thing that we're going to remember for, for many, many years. Hopefully in a good way. And let's transition to our final segment here, our key players. And before I give mine, I think I should give a special shout out to Brian Flores. I tweeted out in the start of one game, I don't know, and the, the team was what? one and two at the time, and I said, uh, I tweeted out Brian Flores was was hired as a defensive my head coach, and, and people, <laughs> people I guess, started yelling at me, like, isn't it a little too early to be saying that? They thought I meant that it's a bad thing, but no, like, Brian Flores was hired to be a defensive-minded head coach, and, you know, people started to kind of look, look Miami's way when they beat San Francisco, when that defense just kind of ran over the 49ers, and then it was, you know, Garoppolo's injured, yada, 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 and, and everyone kind of brushed it, but this is, if the Dolphins win this game, if that defense really steps up, Brian Flores is going to be starting to you know, join the discussion for coach of the year candidate very early this season if the Dolphins beat this Rams team. I do think there is a good shot for them to do that. We'll get into our final predictions soon, but I think I need to, you know, as a key player, I think Brian Flores is is, is up there as much as anyone, as, especially I'm going to mention Miles Gaskin. I have Miles Gaskin as my key player simply put because he's the type of guy you want 
when you are starting a rookie quarterback, yes, he's 31st in the league, averaging four-point rushing yards uh, per carry. This includes quarterbacks, too, so it gets a little wonky, uh, especially seeing that and his long is of 21 is tied with Patrick Mahomes is the 72nd longest run by a player uh, this, this season. Uh, his only run of more than 15 yards was that 21-yard scramble, and his average, and he's also averaging 6.7 yards per catch on 29 attempts, but he's caught 27 of those. We know what Gaskin is. We know he's probably suited better to be a, a consistent number two running back, probably a very, very good number two running back. But, I mean, when you have a rookie quarterback out there, Gaskin is sure-handed. He gets what he can. There's not a lot of negative plays with him. There might not be a lot of huge plays, but it just kind of is what it is. I mean, if Gaskin plays the way we know he is capable of, he's going to be a lifesaver for Tua. I think he's just such a... Consistent, solid player, and that's the type of guy Brian Flores wants. Someone who's going to show up. He's going to catch the balls that come his way. He's going to hit a hole. If he can only get three yards or be aggressive and go for the 17 yards, he's going to take three yards. And while you know that's not Super Bowl winning football, that is a winning formula in a sense. And I think someone like Gaskin just playing that clean football, he's going to be a true key for this Miami Dolphins offense and in general the Miami Dolphins if they want to win on Sunday. Miles Gaskin is a very fundamentally sound, you know, running back, and I think that's why the Dolphins like him so much. I think that's why you like him so much. I mean, you've been pretty hard on him, but I think you talk about him more than anyone on these podcasts. So I'm proud of you. I think we're both probably starting Miles Gaskin at least one fantasy oh, league yeah. this week. All of them. And you know, you mentioned him, and it's a cop out to me, but I got to say the offensive line. And you mentioned the running back. What's more important to a young quarterback besides that running back to lean on than an offensive line who makes it all come together? And you look across from at the Rams defense, we mentioned how great they are. They have Aaron Donald again, the the, the best defensive player in football, Michael Brocker, Sebastian Joseph Day. Oh, Ja'Kai Polite, Leonard Floyd. My God, they, they have pretty much everybody on that other side. And their Dolphins are going to have to rely on Robert Hunt, who, you know, he's been awesome. Solomon Kinley, he's been awesome. Ted Karras, been pretty damn good since he came here. You know, he's been equivalent to, to Kilgore was last year, and he's been playing better, in my opinion. So, when does he eventually, you know, get a, maybe a second contract? Sure, the Dolphins can go out there and draft a Creed Humphrey. That that would be very awesome if they draft a Creed Humphrey. But Ted Kras has been playing pretty good, and Eric Flowers has been everything they've asked for. You hear all the young players, every offensive lineman on the team talking about how, you know, how, how much he has taken them under his wing and kind of helped mold them and help them become a better professional. And Jesse Davis, again, he's the perfect sixth man. He's that kind of that chess piece that, I guess, you know, the puzzle piece, it kind of fits into every single spot. Uh, it, this is a matchup that you want to see them go out there. You want to see these young guys because, you know, we love these young players. We love, we love Solomon Kinley. We love Robert Hunt. Um, you know, we're giving, giving away his jersey. Be sure yeah, to we're giving, subscribe. Let us know about it. Yeah, we're giving away a Solomon <laughs> Kinley jersey. You know, he's going to have his freaking hands full against Aaron Donald. How awesome is it going to be if, you know, if he knocks Aaron Donald on his ass? It's going to be a matchup to watch. So you mentioned the, run, the running game, particularly Miles Gaskin. You got to mention the offensive line. And again, particularly that right side because that's to his blind side. That's Solomon Kinley. That's Robert Hunt. And again, I feel like the Rams are going to try to, uh, you know, Take advantage of those young players. Eric Flowers is a pretty damn good left guard. Jesse Davis is a pretty suitable left tackle. And not taking away anything from Solomon Kinley or Robert Hunt, but who's a, who's a defense coordinator going to attack? The veterans? Right. Or are they going to try to go after those young guys and, and see what they're made of? I think Robert um, Robert Hunt and Solomon Kinley are both you know maulers. Uh, I'm excited for the future of them. I'm ready to see what they can do. And, again, to a success, Miles Gaskin's success, the success of this entire team, really of all – revolves around that offensive line and you know you can say the same thing about the defensive line and getting to Jared Goff and uh, you know the Rams the, the Rams offense but it's really going to come down to what that offensive line can do for not only the run game but to a ton by Lola. Yeah, and, you know, we, we have a Google Doc where we kind of write down everything we want to talk about. And I didn't write a final score here because I just think it's so important for us to all say again, please don't freak out if Tua comes out here and looks awful. It is one game. It is a whole season. There's going to be nine more games to really evaluate him before we really need to decide what's happening. So please, please, please don't be on the teetering from dramatic uh, dramatic success to dramatic failure, yada, yada, yada. Let's, let's let this thing play out. I mean, but at the same time, we have to 
to be excited. I really do think this is a solid matchup for the Dolphins. I think the Rams, they love to get that ball out early. That's a big reason why you only average one sack giving up a game. I mean, in today's NFL, you just don't do that unless you're giving getting the ball out in two seconds, three seconds, something like that. Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, two very physical corners are going to give Cooper Cup and Bob Woods all the issues in the world. I'm confident in this Brian Flores defense. And Josh, again, this is a Miami Dolphins podcast. And people, unless you're trying to get hyped up, can probably turn it off right now because you know what I'm about to say. I'm going to say that the Dolphins are going to win this game because I just think they match up well. I know Aaron... Donald's going to be a problem. I know Jalen Ramsey's going to be a problem. But you've had two weeks to figure this out. We need to start believing in Brian Flores, the Chan Gailies in the world, that they know us. They have a system in place that if we got the players that can execute, we have a system where they're going to have success. It's a balance that the Dolphins have been trying to get. We mentioned the, you know, the potential quote-unquote mutiny, but that's not going to happen because Brian Flores, the system, the guys he has bought in, he he's picked out the players who really didn't fit that culture. And I mean, I don't mean that they didn't fit in, in terms of the NFL or anything, but you need to be a certain type of player to have success in any given team. And Flores has his guys. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins, come out of the bye. Rams on a short week. 31-21 Miami Dolphins. I like it. I like it. Um, Right before I give my prediction, I just have to give a shout-out to the Dolphins' defensive line, just that, you know, that front seven in general, because we didn't really touch on them a lot, and it's going to be fun to watch the way Emmanuel Agba, you know, he has five sacks, tied for eighth in the NFL the Dolphins have been pr- playing pretty damn good defense. They've been getting pressure on the quarterback pretty often, and you got to give him credit. If Kyle Van Noy plays, you know, he's a huge part of that defense. But if not, you got Andrew Van Ginkle, who, like you said, he he came back from concussion protocol. He's ready to go. Um, Alandon Roberts is playing very good against the run. Raquan Davis has been a monster in front. Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer. I mean, those are the guys that are also going to get pressure on Jared Goff to help ease some of that pain. So, you know, when Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, they lock down those guys on the outside. Those are the guys that got to continue to get pressure because I posted a video. You kind of saw it last week. The Miami Dolphins, they were just bringing pressure. They were bringing the heat from all directions. They were playing the run very well. It was a full group effort. And again, it was it was against the New York Jets, but we've seen it. When the Dolphins are healthy, this defense is playing crazy football. And I, I was eventually, I, I was honestly going to go with the Rams until you, again, brought it up. But this is a Dolphins podcast, and the Dolphins did have this bye week, and I'm going to keep bringing it up. You know, when Brian Flores, he he was already the head coach. He already said he was going to be the Dolphins' head coach. He went out there, and he t- took that New England Patriots, and it wasn't all him. You know, Bill, Belichick had a lot to do with it, but Brian Flores called that game, and, and Belichick, you know, credited him with some of that. They beat him 13-3. to He held Sean McVay, that genius offense that everyone was kind of hyped up about, held him to three points, so why can't he do it again? I'm going to go 24-21. It's going to be on a last second. Jason Sanders field goal. Tua gets his first win, and then you know what? All the Dolphin fans can go and troll, um, you know, the Bengal fans and and the Herbert and the Charger fans who, you know, those guys are – those quarterbacks are great, and no one's ever going to discredit them, but three quarterbacks can be great out of the same draft class. That's not something crazy – but, you know, if Tua gets his first win, you know, first opportunity, Dolphin fans are going to have something to at least, you know, hang their cap on. And I think, again, like you said, you got to temper your expectations. If they lose this game, if, if they don't play the best football, so be it. It's one game. You know, it's Tua's first action out there. You know, this is his preseason. You know, he didn't have a preseason. He went out there and threw two passes. He, he had five snaps. So if he goes out there and makes mistakes, calm the hell down. This is the future quarterback. The Dolphins want to see what they have, and they want to see what this offense looks like. And I, I think it's going to look much different. I think the defense is going to step up. And again, if you can stop that run, you said they had 150 yards per game. If you can stop that run and force Jared Goff, who... You know, without trying to be an ass, he's not the best quarterback in the NFL. You know, if you can force him to make mistakes and and make him try to beat you with his arm, I think the Dolphins would be in pretty good shape with, you know, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, those two safeties behind him. I think they'd be in pretty good shape. Stop the run. Let's see what Jared Goff can do. And again, to uh, limit your mistakes, but but don't hesitate to take those chances because, again, Ryan Fitzpatrick was making those same mistakes and he's not going to be look nearly as nice in a Dolphins uniform as you do. <laughs> You're certainly right about that, Jared Goff. I think, again, I'm not saying, I don't think either of us are trying to say he's a bad quarterback, but we wouldn't say he's, you know, in that top tier, that premier quarterback type of uh, uh, group where if it's a third and eight, something like that, you'd happily take that. 
uh, every time. In he's on, he's on your fantasy team, but that's only because your starters on buy, right? Is that, exactly. is that not why? Yeah. You're starting that, because you're – yeah. That's that's such a great comparison. But thank you guys so much for listening. If the Dolphins do pull out this win, we're going to have to figure out a cool way to pull out a hashtag along the lines of having your cake and eating it too tour or something like that. Because if they start winning games with Tua at quarterback, especially if you're beating a 5-2 a and two, Rams team, I mean, the sky's the limit, and that's the thrill of it. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, you listening squared, I guess we'll go with, smash that subscribe button. Let us know that you subscribed. Leave a comment. If you send us that on Twitter to either me at jmendel94 or at H-O-U-T-Z for Houts, you get entered to win a free Solomon Kinley jersey that we're going to be announcing shortly after Miami Dolphins, uh, their, their second win against the New York Jets. I'm just going to say it now. That's that's how it's going to go. We'll announce that on the celebration pod of beating Adam Gates for the second time this season. Uh, thank you, guys. It's been a blast. We'll see you guys Sunday night, hopefully, to celebrate the win. And, Josh, most importantly, the thing that we all know and love, fins up. Fins up, baby. Two a time. I, I can't wait. We'll, we'll, we'll have a podcast out. If not Sunday night, definitely Monday morning. So check out that. And yeah, It's two a time, baby. Everybody get excited. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami.